the world's most exciting podcast, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. I'm Michael Savage, host of the Savage Nation podcast, home of borders, language, and culture. Hear my new podcast each week as I speak with top guests from around the world. Right now, we have over 700 shows in our library featuring interviews with world leaders, scientists, faith teachers, and more, including President Donald Trump, Prime Minister of Israel Ehud Barak, Edward Teller, the father of the hydrogen bomb, Jerry Falwell, and so much more conversations and commentary you cannot find anywhere else. Other guests have included Samuel Cohen, the father of the neutron bomb, Breitbart's Alex Marlowe, the great author Peter Schweitzer, Colonel Douglas McGregor. Be here or be nowhere. The Savage Nation podcast. Catch the Michael Savage podcast on all podcast platforms every Tuesday and every Friday. All right, I'm an Al Zawahiri, horrible terrorist. They say he's dead. I hope he is, but I'm not so sure. Actually, when the news first came out yesterday, my first reaction was, I think this guy died already. There were all kinds of reports over the years saying I'm an Al Zawahiri was already dead. Uh, the Sun newspaper, terror chief, chief dead. I'm an Al Zawahiri. Uh, he died. The Al-Qaeda boss died from asthma all the way back in November of 2020. Okay, The Sun is a crazy newspaper from London. It's a tabloid. What about the Brookings Institute? Very serious think tank. The death of Ayman al-Zawahiri, Tuesday, November 17th, 2020. In 2008, CBS News, Lara Logan exclusive. The number two of al-Qaeda could be critically wounded and possibly dead. A tweet from Hassan Hassan, very um, influential man in the intelligence community. Uh, Amin al-Zawahiri died a month ago of natural causes in his domicile. This is in, again, November 2020. And Hassan Hassan doesn't just tweet anything. He says, I wouldn't post it if it's just a rumor. He had good information. And uh, what about this? I actually saw it on television. We start with some breaking news coming in. According to Arab News reports, the chief of al-Qaeda, Ayman al-Zawahiri, has died in Afghanistan. The 69-year-old Egyptian national who was hitting al-Qaeda has reportedly died of natural causes. All right. That's again two years ago. So is he really dead? Again, I hope so. Now, we have a picture of his house where he was in Kabul, Afghanistan. We have no DNA evidence. We have nothing from uh, eyewitnesses or anything like that. We really just have the word from the intelligence community. And when have they been wrong before? All right. Dead or alive? I'm not sure. I do know that when bin Laden died, we had soldiers on the ground. We actually took DNA uh, samples and tested it. And we took pictures of the guy and actually showed him to President Obama. Photographs had been taken. Um, facial analysis indicated that, in fact, it was him. Uh, we hadn't yet done DNA testing, uh, but at that point, we were 95% sure. Did you see the pictures? Yes. 
What was your reaction when you saw them? It was him. All right. Yep. And uh, Joe Biden hasn't seen any pictures. Nobody has seen any pictures. And let's face it, he's having a disastrous presidency with Nancy Pelosi uh, overseas in Taiwan, where she shouldn't be, uh, the recession, all kinds of problems. Wouldn't he love to change the subject? Maybe, maybe the story is being embellished just a little bit or maybe even a lot. He is getting all kinds of credit. President Biden scored a key strategic victory after an unmanned drone strike in Afghanistan took out al-Qaeda leader Ayman el-Zwahari. The Biden administration can point to this as a, as a success story. That is a victory for America, uh, but a victory, of course, led by President Biden and our intelligence community. Ah, uh, yeah. Go, Joe. Go, Joe. Go, Joe. I'm not convinced. I'm sorry. And oh, this guy, Hakeem Jeffries, congressman, could be speaker someday. Democrats love him. Now that um, Zawahiri is gone, I guess we can focus on the real threat to America. Isn't that right, congressman? The threat right now in this country to the American people are extreme MAGA Republicans. That's the threat. That's the problem. That's the crisis that we confront. Extreme MAGA Republicans. You can call me an ultra MAGA guy. I'm not a Republican, but I go with extreme ultra. Sure. Uh, crazy stuff, right? Hey, there's no fairness. There's so uh, Trump derangement syndrome. In fact, when Trump takes out a terrorist, do you remember when he took out Soleimani, the Iranian uh, commander who was on the ground in Baghdad, a totally legitimate target, a bad, bad guy. What did the media do to him, Donald Trump, when he got him? Killing Soleimani would not have stopped an imminent attack any more than, I guess, killing Eisenhower would have stopped D-Day. Was it safer today or was it safer before Soleimani was killed? Just, just speaking today in terms of those Americans. Yeah, it was safer before Soleimani was killed. They don't defend Soleimani, but they also don't think that a president should be an imperial president. And just assassinate people when every damn well feels like it when there's not an imminent threat. Yeah, right, right, right. Donald Trump had, I guess, the bad luck of killing a terrorist in an election year. And everything, everything would be turned and used against him. All right. Back to uh, this operation. Again, I'm not convinced. And when I see Joe Biden's people... I'm doubly not convinced. This is Jake Sullivan, his national security advisor, who should have been fired last summer after we lost Afghanistan. That is a significant success for the president's strategy, and Americans can feel safer today. Yeah, I don't know about that. I really don't. And you and Joe Biden, you lost Afghanistan. You did. You did. We all saw it. And you guys kept your jobs. People pretend this didn't happen. Democrats pretend this didn't happen. Uh, we had this at the airport. We also had right outside. It looked like saving Private Ryan. This was intense combat, and you guys are responsible for it. Remember, you said the Taliban, they wouldn't be back for years. They were back in less than a half hour, and they walked right into that presidential palace and took it over. But, again, you tell us we got Zawahiri, and I want him gone. I want to believe you. Joe actually, in his own way, wasn't that convincing yesterday. He was deeply involved in the planning of 9-11, one of the most responsible for the attacks that murdered 2,977 people on American soil. 
For decades, he was the mastermind behind attacks against Americans. He carved a trail of murder and violence against American citizens, American service members, <clears throat> American diplomats, and American interests. <clears throat> ah, yeah, American interests, servicemen. Kind of mumbling, right? Not, uh, not the fire that he has when he goes after January 6th people or Trump. What I'm worried about is how un-American this whole initiative is. It's sick. It's sick. Those who stormed this Capitol and those who instigated and incited and those who called on them to do so held a dagger at the throat of America. The defeated former president of the United States watched it all happen as he sat in the comfort of the private dining room next to the Oval Office. While he was doing that, brave law enforcement officer subject to the medieval hell for three hours, dripping in blood, surrounded by carnage. Wow. I mean, it's January 6th sounds worse than September 11th. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty hysterical, actually. All right, but wait a second. Maybe I'm being too harsh. Let's give, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Let's try at least, huh? Today, we remember the lost. We commit ourselves to the safety of the living, and we pledge that we shall never waver from defending our nation and its people. Never waver from defending our nation? Has he seen the border lately? Has anyone seen the border lately? Sure, Joe. Yeah, you're all about defending this nation. Um, all right. <laughs> no, I can't give him the benefit of the doubt, actually. I'll try one more time. The United States continues to demonstrate our resolve and our capacity to defend the American people against those who seek to do us harm. You know, we, we, uh, we, we make it clear again tonight that no matter how long it takes, no matter where you hide, if you are a threat to our people, the United States will find you and take you out. Oh, he's doing that whispering thing and moving closer to the camera. You know he's serious, but uh, I can't take him seriously. We know that he'll take the bad guys out, except when it comes to criminals in America, especially if you beat up a cop, we'll take you right out of jail within 15 minutes. This criminal justice system is totally crazy, and he's letting it, letting it happen. Is Zawahiri dead? I hope so. I was there on 9-11 shortly after the planes hit. I would love it if he's dead. He had a role in planning those attacks. But I suspect, and I have no reason to think otherwise, that this whole thing could be a total con job. They've done it before. America has done it before. Joe Biden has done it throughout his career. And a quick reminder, because Joe Biden got out in such a horrible, unprofessional, haphazard way, Afghanistan is really screwed right now. Take a look from human rights groups and uh, all over the spectrum. We hear that more than half of Afghanistan's people are starving and the Afghan people are surviving by selling their children and organs, their internal organs. Yes, there's a market for that. Uh, Afghans are resorting to increasingly desperate measures to survive an unprecedented humanitarian crisis. Many Afghans who sell kidneys before they found themselves struggling with insurmountable debt. And kidneys sell for thousands of dollars. Also, for women, and I'm always hearing Democrats talk about women and Roe and all that, women's lives have been completely changed in the past year in Afghanistan. Afghan women have lost many of their most basic freedoms, the freedom to wear what they want, to leave their homes, or to study 
at secondary school. Yeah, Joe Biden is uh, <laughs> railing about Republicans in Congress, and that's the real threat, huh? Look at what they did to those women, to those children, and all the false promises that were made to us. What interest do we have in Afghanistan at this point with al-Qaeda gone? We went to Afghanistan for the express purpose of getting rid of al-Qaeda in Afghanistan, as well as, as well as getting Osama bin Laden. And we did. Yeah, we did a lot of other things, too. And you gave up Bagram Airfield. You thought you knew better. You kept talking about Bo Biden and his military service in Iraq, and you didn't listen to the key experts who knew a lot more than you did. And look at what happened. Now, some of those folks, though, did fail our country. It wasn't just Joe Biden's screw up. There are a lot of generals, both in the Marine Corps, Army and the Navy. I love our military. I was in the military. But the military fosters, uh, well, how do I put this? A lot of yes men. <laughs> uh, it's almost illegal to say no to your boss. So there's this kind of, I don't know, a, a commitment to pleasing everybody that sometimes can backfire. And over the years, boy, it backfired on all of us. Here they are spinning a horrific situation, but trying to make it seem like something else. I think uh, that the development of the Afghan army is on a very good path right now. We, we've made tremendous strides, incredible progress in the last 20 months. The solid partnership has been the thing that has been really striking for me all around the country. It's fair to ask if we're winning in Afghanistan. I believe the answer is yes, and several facts allow me to say that with confidence. And we've seen some great, great uh, progress in some of the operations based even at the tactical level on the intelligence uh, structure. They showed me the positive changes they have helped bring about, the villages they can now enter, the, the Afghan police and forces they are training and trying to improve. Thanks, fellas. Uh, all your spinning, all of your apple polishing, the Afghan military folded in about 15 minutes. You guys weren't being straight with the American people. You weren't being straight with Congress. You are more concerned with your own careers than anything else. What a tragedy. Stay with us. Nancy Pelosi is still in Taiwan, we think. What a disaster. Uh, although she did break out her pink suit for the occasion. We'll be right back. Okay, there she is, uh, Nancy Pelosi in her pink suit uh, among a bunch of people from Taiwan. She just got there, and she's running her mouth like crazy, by the way. <laughs> I mean, maybe you listen a little bit. I don't think she should be there at all. This is a big mistake. Hey, by the way, for somebody who's so concerned about climate change, take a look at her motorcade. What is she, the emperor of uh, the United States? Uh, they had about 75 vehicles in this thing, bringing Speaker Nancy Pelosi to her uh, hotel downtown, I guess. Boy, I only wish they knew her like we know her. You know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe they wouldn't have rolled out uh, the red carpet like this. Again, it went on and on and on. That is the biggest video. <laughs> it just is never ending. She put out this tweet, and it's 
basically in, it's, it contradicts American policy. Our visit reiterates that America stands with Taiwan, a robust, vibrant democracy, and our important partner in the Indo Pacific. Look, it's okay for me to say that. I love Taiwan. I want Taiwan to conquer China. Certainly, she can't go there. Not supposed to. It's against American policy, and it has really infuriated the Chinese. Look at what they did on their beach. I, I don't know if this was prudent or very nice to the Chinese uh, beachgoers, but they broke out <laughs> about a hundred tanks and rode up and down the uh, beach there across from the stra- uh, across from Taiwan. Okay, they did that. Uh, oh, what else do we have here, Nancy? This is the big scandal to emerge from this. Did you know she gets a plane? She gets a great big plane. United States of America. That's like a mini Air Force One. Since when does the Speaker of the United States get a plane? I think that's wrong. The Chief Justice doesn't get one. Does Mitch McConnell get one? I don't think he should. Um, Oh, the Chinese are upset. Take a look. I mean, they're threatening all kinds of stuff. Those who play with fire will only get burnt. We hope the U.S. side can see this clearly. They are threatening us. Hey, Wasn't Joe Biden supposed to be really good friends with the president of China? Doesn't he brag about that all the time? Shouldn't he have been able to smooth this over? I spent time, more time with Xi Jinping than any world leader has. Over 76 hours, we traveled 17,000 miles. I will note in my comment, I've met more with Xi Jinping than any other world leader has. I was in the Tibetan plateau with Xi Jinping. I traveled with him and spent more time than any other world leader has in China. I have spent, according to international... <laughs> and on and on and on like this. I spent more time um, with Xi. All right, so why didn't you get on the phone with President Xi, you know him so well, and explain that nobody takes Nancy Pelosi seriously, they shouldn't make such a big deal out of it. I guess he can't pull that off because this statement, I mean, this statement is... Uh, oh, I know what might be going on here. Okay, everybody? Hunter! The Hunter Factor. This guy, remember, Joe Biden, as vice president, brought Hunter uh, to China on an official visit. And Hunter introduced then Vice President Joe Biden to some Chinese guy that Hunter wanted to do business with. Yeah. In the lobby of this hotel, it's all documented. Hunter admits it. This is um, what's the word? Um, Corruption. Yeah, Uh, this is a corrupt act. You're not allowed to do that stuff. But hey, everybody is on to you, Joe, uh, the Chinese, us, everybody. Oh, and an interesting group also here in America. Great success story. 72 percent of Asian Americans approved of Joe Biden's job performance. But that was a year ago, April of 2021. Now uh, that's down to 44 percent. What's happening here? Well, anti-Asian crime is real. It is a real thing. Did you see this? Uh, San Francisco, an elderly Asian woman is pummeled, I believe, in a laundromat. This is tough stuff to watch. Uh, warning. And uh, she's about to get kicked in the head. I'm so sorry. I, now she's going to be okay. But I think folks of all ethnicities have noticed Joe Biden only cares if the perpetrator can be portrayed as a white supremacist. Joe tried that once in Atlanta, even though the FBI told him it wasn't a white supremacy situation. The uh, local law enforcement said the same thing. But Joe and Kamala went there anyway to try to exploit it. That's what he does. All right. Tonight is election night. And Tom Basile, our election guru, has uh, an update. 
Thanks so much, Greg. Let's take a look at the numbers at this moment. To recap, Newsmax is projecting Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt will win the GOP primary there to succeed Roy Blunt in the United States Senate. Conservative political commentator Tudor Dixon is the projected winner of the gubernatorial primary in Michigan to take on Gretchen Whitmer. Congressman Peter Meyer, we've been talking about him all night. He has now closed the gap with his opponent John Gibbs at this hour to within 400 votes. Remember, Congressman Meyer voted to impeach President Trump. He was widely considered to be very vulnerable tonight. We're still continuing to uh, to follow that. In the state of Kansas, that controversial abortion rights referendum appears to be heading for defeat with 50 percent of the vote in. The no votes are in the lead by more than 30 points. And the polls have now closed in the state of Arizona and that key Senate race there. We're also awaiting results. Results from Washington state as well, where two GOP incumbents who voted to impeach former President Trump are also fighting for their political futures tonight. Let's bring back Mark Halpern and Aaron Perini uh, and to discuss where we where things are at this moment. And I, and I want to talk about kind of the dynamics overall. 2022 has been billed as a Republican wave year. But there are some cracks that are emerging in that theory. And I think we've talked about those over the course of the night, particularly on the Senate side. Aaron, are you seeing aspects of the campaign right now when you look at polling, when you look at finances that that concern you a bit? Oh, absolutely. For sure, on the fundraising side, Republicans, especially Senate candidates, are being vastly outraised by their Democrat opponents. When you look at Arizona and you look at Mark Kelly, he's looking at about $25 million cash on hand today, having raised $13 million in quarter two of the year. That is a lot of money to be sitting on to be able to run TV ads, to put negative messaging out against your opponent. But we are seeing that across the country. When Democrats get mad, they give money. If it's small dollars or high dollar donors. They give money. When Republicans get mad, mm -hmm. they get on Facebook. And what Republicans need to do is be able to get their message out there. And a lot of that is going to be TV ads, airways, mailers, all of that traditional stuff that you see. And by the end of November, you're like, please, by the end of October, you're like, please stop with all of it. <laughs> I mean, they're going to need the money to be able to do that. So Republicans really need to up the enthusiasm here in our, in our donor base to be able to be able to get the message out against Democrats. Mark, clearly uh, the former president's presence has loomed large tonight in the, and throughout the course of this primary season. How do you assess the Trump impact on the race, the, the races overall at this juncture? Well, he's got a very good one-loss record. We'll see what happens in that Michigan House race. But I suspect uh, if you count his Eric endorsement in, in Missouri as a win uh, <laughs> with a big asterisk, uh, I think he'll probably win at least he'll win one and maybe two big statewides in Arizona. Um, we'll see what happens that in Washington. But I think, uh, you know, Aaron talked about fundraising. That's key. I think Donald Trump will be a factor in the fall. I think the bigger question for Republicans is how big a factor will Joe Biden be? Mm. We're seeing now in both public and private polling that a lot of Democrats are running far ahead of Joe Biden's approval rating in the state. Republicans have been counting on there being uh, more of a Biden factor. You see there that that Michigan race where yep. Gibbs was way ahead is now even. Uh, that would be a loss for President Trump, uh, be, not just because he, he endorsed Gibbs, but because Peter Mayer is one of the folks who voted for impeachment and has been targeted by President Trump for a long time. So I suspect we'll be tracking that pretty closely through the night and into the morning. Yeah. Mark, 
you know, you talk about enthusiasm being so important and maintaining that enthusiasm. Arizona just closed. And I've heard from some folks on the ground there that they really expected historic turnout for both this governor's race and the Senate race. But my sources tell me they really haven't quite seen those numbers. What do you make of that? Well, turnout in midterms, particularly in an August midterm in, in the desert, is going to be, you know, not not a linear uh, uh, indication of things. Those races have gotten a big fields, lots of engagement, lots of money spent. So in a big Republican year, you'd expect enthusiasm. I have to say, if the result in Kansas on the abortion referendum holds up, that's going to be a sign for a lot of folks. And you're already seeing some conservatives on Twitter acknowledging this, that if if, abor- if, if the pro-life side loses that measure soundly, that's going to send a signal to some folks that maybe, as Democrats have hoped and predicted, that abortion rights will be a big issue that does energize the left in the midterms. Aaron, you were talking earlier about what Republicans need to do. Um, I've been talking about the fact that they need to have a a well-disciplined, well-crafted sort of message that's resonating with voters. Uh, Just very quickly, do you feel that they have one at this point, and if not, that they need to get one quick? On the Senate side, you don't see as much of a broad platform as you do on the House side with the House Republicans. But what Republicans need to do is hone in on the problem. And the problem is Democrats and Joe Biden. It is the economy, stupid. Unless we're willing to say that over and over again, we're going to have a hard time in November. All right. And we'll be back with more Greg Kelly reports right after this. All All I can say say is that the fake news just doesn't get it, do they? And when they don't get it, sometimes it's totally hilarious and also sad for the people affected. Uh, do you remember this woman from St. Louis? I still can't get over this, all right? So she lives in a, in a condominium, right? And there's a, a main door and there are a bunch of apartments. Everybody who goes in there has to have their own key. And if you don't recognize somebody, what are you supposed to do? Well, according to the rules of the building, you're not supposed to let anybody in. Everybody's got to have their own little key or key fob. So there was some guy didn't recognize uh, the fellow and didn't want to let him inside. Is that national? That's what she's supposed to do. But she's blonde. She's white. The other guy felt deeply offended. He's a person of color. And look at what the fake news did. The confrontation caught on video, a white woman blocking a black tenant from entering their apartment building, demanding proof that he lives there. (laughs) This is the number one news show. More people watch this than any other show in news in the world. And they did this as a story. And this person, David Muir, is actually a human being. Um, All right. Next, I saw Fox News today reacting to the Zawahiri news. And I don't know. I think this one reporter's reaction was... mm, not exactly. It was a little tone deaf, actually. Yeah, tone deaf. Remember, Zawahi was one of the most educated Egyptians. He came from an, a very educated Egyptian family. His grandfather was the president of Cairo University, started the first university in Saudi Arabia. He himself was a doctor. He went out to Afghanistan to, uh, to treat Afghan refugees. His life and how he went from such an educated doctor to the world's leading terrorist is really an extraordinary story, but also an extraordinary intelligence coup for the CIA. Who led this mission and, and pieced this together sure with extraordinary, yeah. exquisite intelligence? 
Extraordinary, exquisite intelligence. 21 years later, they got the guy. Extraordinary, extraordinary, exquisite. And uh, who cares that he's a doctor? Bin Laden was an engineer. Some of these folks went to college. I don't... I didn't see it that way. You know what I mean? All right. Take a look at this poll. We're in big trouble here in New York. Uh, the Democrat, Kathy Hochul, is 14 points ahead of Congressman Lee Zeldin. The election is in November. Kathy Hochul, is she going to cruise to victory? She better not. She is absolutely terrible. And she's just basking in the advantages of incumbency. Take a look at her when she goes to the racetrack. <laughs> I just can't get over this. She's got 80 guards with her, private security, public security, police, uh, Nassau County cops, county cops, local cops, state troopers, you name it, FBI, they're all around her wherever she goes. Meanwhile, her opponent, Lee Zeldin, she tells her supporters to go to that event and mess it up. And this guy actually tries to maybe even kill him. He's got this weird, sharp object. He, he, he tries to uh, hurt him in some way. He's finally back in jail. Uh, oh, by the way, th we don't cover these uh, matters. The mainstream media, they don't, they don't cover anything bad happening like this. Lee Zeldin's attack was on page A18, A20 in the newspaper. Yeah, buried, buried, buried by the uh, New York Times, just like they did to Kavanaugh. Remember the guy who was found outside the house with hand grenades and rope and all kinds? <laughs> uh, yeah, again, buried inside the newspaper. Well... If you're thinking about coming to New York, my advice is don't come. Don't come right now. We got to wait. You got to wait until things settle down. Look at what they're doing to the police on the streets as they try to effect an arrest. And it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. They're going to start throwing more bottles and rocks at the cops. This is what's happening. The cops are seen as the bad guys. They've been delegitimized by the media, by Democrats, by Joe Biden. And this is what results. Two years. I hope those millennials had fun with their Black Lives Matter uh, protests. This is the result. Do our elected leaders care? No. Eric Adams, our new mayor, who's especially incompetent at uh, having an easy breezy time of it at a press conference announcing new speed cameras. Yeah, more speed cameras to get all those speeders, because that's what New York is really suffering from. So take a look. You got a totally out of touch politician who convinced people that he was somehow going to be uh, strong on law enforcement. And you got the cops in the street. And you got, let me see that again, uh, Kathy Hochul, the governor, just uh, not a care in the world with all that protection. And Lee Zeldin out there trying to get the word out, out attacked and mobbed. Uh, the pictures, those are, those are amazing. Hey, once again, Ashley Babbitt was killed, shot by Capitol Police on January 6th in a totally unjustified shooting. It has been 573 days without justice for Ashley Babbitt. We eagerly await justice for her. Hey, in a little bit, Bill O'Reilly will be joining us. But first, an update on the election situation with Tom Basile. Thanks, Greg. 
At this hour, the numbers are starting to roll in from the great state of Arizona. Blake Masters with a very early lead, only single digits in the same for Cary Lake in that gubernatorial primary. We're going to continue to follow that uh, as as the results come in here at Newsmax. Let's bring in uh, Dick Morris and Senator Rick Santorum. Uh, you know, I, I've been thinking about this. It's sort of kind of the first test in Arizona of a 2024 intra-party dynamic. Dick, talk to us a little bit about how that could play out. Well, in my book, The Return, I make the point that the Republic, that the Democrats are banking on dividing the Republican Party, the old Roman strategy of divide and conquer. And they're trying to foment primaries against Trump as a way of weakening him and a way of draining his money. And in Arizona, you have a perfect example of that. Uh, Pence is supporting... Um, I'm sorry, I'm blocking on her name. Uh, the, uh, Karen Taylor Robson. Yes. Robson. And, uh, and Trump is supporting Carrie Lake. Right. And that's a proxy battle between Pence and Trump. And the Democrats are heavily invested in it because they want to show the limits of Trump's power. They want to embarrass Trump. And uh, also in the Senate race, Trump has been supporting, or at least been close to, Masters, mm -hmm. who is now leading in the race. And this is all part of the Democratic strategy to divide the Republicans. In my home state of Connecticut, there's the same thing. Uh, a woman named Claritas is uh, running, uh, she's a never-Trumper, she hates Trump, and she's opposed in the primary that's a week from tonight by Leora Levy, who's pro-Trump. Mm. And in all these contests, you're looking at a proxy fight between the Trumpers and the anti-Trumpers. And right now, the Trumpers are winning decisively, thank goodness. Sen Senator, your thoughts on what Dick just suggested is going on here? Well, I, I, I disagree a little bit with that. I think that there is a, there is a, uh, a battle going on within the Republican Party, and uh, it, it, it is somewhat around Donald Trump, but I think it's, it's mostly... Uh, around uh, candidates that are loyal to the Republican Party instead of just loyal to Donald Trump. I think that's a, that. So it is it is a battle within the party. There is a there is a uh, a division there. Uh, and and you're seeing uh, candidates, the Democrats. I don't think they're supporting these candidates because they want to hurt Donald Trump. I think they're supporting these candidates because they they think that these candidates, in fact, are 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 more likely to be beaten in the general election. A lot of the Trump endorsed candidates, Democratic the Democrats have actually rallied and, and spent money to support them because they think they're better able to beat them in the fall. Uh, Senator, you were also waiting these results from the state of Washington. You got two GOP members who voted for impeachment, Dan Newhouse and Jamie Herrera Butler. Uh, they're in what they call a jungle primary. They yeah. have strong Trump-backed opponents, including a former GOP candidate for governor. How do you see it shaping up? And I only have less than a minute left for you. Again, I, I, you know, those those races uh, will come down. Those are those are incumbents that have very strong political bases. I'd be I'd be surprised uh, if uh, if if they end up losing this. Uh, but to me, if, if if Trump is able to to, to defeat those two, and uh, that that would be a very strong sign that you know Donald Trump still is ascended to the Republican Party because those are two pretty strong incumbents. All right. Uh, and, and they and they are. And we're going to be following this as uh, as it unfolds here uh, all night and well into tomorrow morning. And uh, and we've got more Greg Kelly reports right after this break. Don't go away.
Well, there he is. Uh, Ayman al-Zawahiri, uh, reportedly dead. Uh, that's what the government is telling us, and uh, I hope that's true. Uh, he helped plan the September 11th attacks and a lot of other horrible things. Bill O'Reilly joins us, host of the No Spin News and also the best-selling author. Hey, he wrote Killing the Killers. It came out in May, The Secret War Against Terrorists. Perfect timing, Bill. Uh, and welcome back. How are you, Bill? I'm the same, which is tragic for everyone, Kelly. Um, <laughs> but the my book, Killing the Killers, is still a bestseller after three months, and it's eerie. What happened to Zahiri is almost identical to what happened to Soleimani under the Trump administration. He, of course, was the head of the Revolutionary Guard in Iran. Same scenario, same tracking. Um, and if you read Killing the Killers, and I know you have, we take you step by step micro through how the United States assassinates these people from space. It is absolutely amazing what our weaponry and surveillance is abroad. Um, so when I heard the other day that uh, Zarahiri got it on July 31st, and I, he is dead, um, it was deja vu all over again, as Yogi Berra once said, um, because we so painstakingly researched how these Hellfire missiles are used and armed, and Americans have no clue um, what we're doing in, in what the USA is doing in their name. So you mentioned Soleimani, and Trump did take out Soleimani. Do you remember the reaction? Actually, Bill, uh, I've got some ready. After he took out that very legitimate target, I mean, he was a very bad guy, a known uh, horrible uh, commander, wanted to do America harm. Listen to what the fake news said about that. Killing Soleimani would not have stopped an imminent attack any more than, I guess, killing Eisenhower would have stopped D-Day. Is it safer today or was it safer before Soleimani was killed? Just, just speaking today in terms of those Americans. Yeah, it was safer before Soleimani was killed. They don't defend Soleimani, but they also don't think that a president should be an imperial president and just assassinate people whenever he damn well feels like it when there's not an imminent threat. You know... Isn't that kind of funny, Bill, when you look back at it, that reaction? I think it's more pathetic than funny. You know, and I have the absolute evidence in killing the killers about Soleimani. The guy's a mass murderer, and he was killing Americans in Iraq. And see, these fools, and I use that word literally, F-O-O-L-S, Kelly, fools, that go on cable television and spout this utter nonsense and gibberish, Everyone knows that the Patriot Act, which was passed after 9-11, gave the president of the United States the power to designate any group or individual a terrorist. And once that happens, the United States can kill them because it's a war, a war on terror. And these idiots that you just showed, they have no understanding of this or the worldwide terror component. But here's an interesting thing for the Newsmax audience to consider. Biden kept in place the Trump apparatus, all right? He didn't break down the NSA and the CIA when he got in, left them in place. They are the best in the world at surveilling overseas. The problem that we have now is within the United States, and I can guarantee you, you're going to use my words, my tape tonight down the lane. 
because the open border policy that Biden has imposed on this country with no mandate, no vote, nothing, just let everybody in, okay, has led to at least 30 people on a terror watch list being caught. But you can imagine how many others were not caught at the southern border. They're here. And unfortunately, the CIA and NSA have no power within the United States. It's all FBI, as you know. And the FBI is a political organization now. I hate to say it. I really hate to say it. But it is. And on Thursday, with the FBI hearings, we'll see that. So the ones that are here, the terrorists that are here, they're likely to do some damage. And I don't have confidence that the FBI has a handle on that, whereas I do have confidence the CIA and the NSA have overseas pretty well tied down. All right. Listen, I got to run this by you. I'm sure Zawahiri is dead, but I'm sure you saw the headlines over the past 14 years that he died on previous occasions. He died of natural causes. He died in an RPG attack. I mean, I've got report after report. The Brookings Institute actually said at one point he's dead. My question is this, and I, quite frankly, I don't think it's that crazy. Joe Biden's obviously failing. He's having a horrible, horrible time of it. This is a this is a convenient subject uh, change. We don't have any direct evidence that he's actually dead. There's no DNA. It's not like bin Laden where we had pictures. We're really taking their word for it. And they have lied to us before, Bill. Yeah, but it's not this case. Let me explain why. We have the evidence that Soleimani was killed by the Hellfire missile only because of luck. One finger was found with a ring on it, a ring that Soleimani owned. I have the picture of the finger and the ring in Killing the Killers. That's the only way we know that he was dead in that car when a Hellfire missile killed him. Now, you hear about all this over-the-horizon stuff that Biden is peddling because he's trying to get people away from what happened last August a year ago. Yeah, it's nonsense. It's nonsense. Absolutely right. There's no over-the-horizon. Right. What What happened is that we have assets on the ground in Afghanistan. They're highly paid. Whoever fingered um, Zawahiri is $25 million richer tonight. (laughs) Wow. Uh, I wonder if we really do pay that money, actually. Do we? Yeah, we pay it. We do, huh? Yep, because it's the only way we can get intel inside those countries. And the money is wired to Switzerland. There's an account there. The guy goes and he collects. So somebody in Afghanistan is very wealthy tonight. Bill O'Reilly, the book is Killing the Killers, The Secret War Against Terrorists. And oh, by the way, you got a new book coming out uh, in September, Killing the Legends, The Lethal Danger of Celebrity. Wow, that should be great. Check them out at BillOReilly.com. It's all there. Bill, you changed the world and we are grateful. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Greg. All the best. We'll be right back. You're on the go and need news now. No paywalls, no cable subscriptions. Just download the Newsmax app from your smartphone store. It's free. And watch Newsmax TV anytime, anywhere. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We'll see you tomorrow.